Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport in association with Lacquer. Bicycle insurance powered by the community. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show for the final Grand Tour of the season, the Vuelta España. Always explosive, always unpredictable, as Saturday's team time trial on the Costa Blanca underlined, with both UAE Team Emirates and Jumbo Visma crashing hard, and with Astana putting their leader, Miguel Angel Superman Lopez, in red. Brad's in Benidorm, where Sunday's Stage 2 began. It was a long and lumpy old day, just shy of 200 kilometres to Calpe. Here's how it finished. Can he hold on? There's a charge behind him. He's dearly there. What a delivery from Quintana. Thank you very much, he says. And here, with much else to catch up on besides, is Brad talking to our man, Matt Stevens. Here we are, Bradley Wiggins Show. We're back to all our listeners, subscribers, the Eurosport Show, Bradley Wiggins Podcast by Eurosport. Matt, do you want to tell us where we are today? Well, there's a couple of skateboarders just walking past. But and, no, a bit, and a car with pumping tunes. A car with pumping tunes, you can hear so in the background. There's only one thing. House music. We are in, with no shirt on. We're outside the Razo restaurant in Calpe, boom, Spain. Boom, only boom. about 100 yards from where the finish of the Vuelta was lasers. today. But yeah, the first ever Bradley Wingers podcast by Eurosport from Spain. And we're here at the Vuelta day yeah, two. That's where we are. The southern point we've been. In and we're all wearing shorts. Yeah, we are. And, and we've got and, a guy behind us in his shirt. And you've got no top on. I but have. Yeah. Nice. And no underpants. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, Brad, what a race we've had so far. Only two days in, it kind of feels like we're like a week in because so much has happened over the last couple of days. Starting off with the team time troll, mm. that was pretty explosive. Yeah, more so for the, the events that happened, wasn't it? With yeah. The, with the water. And we only found out this morning that it was, a, from what I understand, it was a leaked hose. Is that correct? I've heard the word hose pipe bandied around. I mean, uh, mo- I've, heard, I've heard the word kids' paddling pool being emptied as well. I mean, it was just so many different. I've heard conspiracy theories. George Bennett was all over the conspiracy theories. Did somebody do it on purpose? Yeah. We'll never really know, will no, we? No. But the bottom line, is it caused a couple of teams to come to grief and the most well, the biggest team to come to grief was of course Lotto and Oyombo lost 40 seconds and every single rider yeah. came off apart from George yeah but that was only in relation to obviously Lopez who was the biggest winner of the day in terms yep. of taking the jersey and we picked him up this morning as someone who could win this race he's always blown hot and cold you never really know what you're going to get from him and Obviously, we saw today's stage, which was even more explosive. Nairo Quintana winning solo, which no one no, could have predicted. I wonder if anybody put money on Nairo Quintana I, today. I doubt it. I mean, all much. our predictions for, for today, Sam anyway. Bennett. Yeah, yeah we, we were just thinking Sam Bennett. Well, it did look a little bit like it possibly could be a day for the sprinters. I looked at that final climb and thought, mm, so I, 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 I put I your no bear idea. down. I, I put, no I, I, I the put severity your... of that climb. No, I, and a lot of I mean, riders. We just saw that it was three k long, and obviously yep. you don't assume that it's going to be an average of nine, ten percent, which is what it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was brutal. I mean, this we're just looking at the the the, uh, the GC. There's riders spread over nine, ten yeah. minutes now, and then some big, big losers. We, we know won the stage. Uh, Roglic. My favourite and your favourite was in the front. Mm, He's still absolutely. looking very, very good, although he's lost a bit of time yesterday. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, two, two Brits lost a lot of time. Yeah, of course, Teo, yep. seven minutes. Um, Hugh Carthy was there, wasn't he? He actually started the attacks on the foot of that climb. Yeah, he looked very, very sprightly early on, didn't um, he? And also, I think, but a lot of, with Nico we, was on our after show, obviously on the breakaway, but 
We're in Calpe, and a lot of teams do their pre-season training camps here in Calpe. And Nico said that they basically come up that climb every day on their way to the hotel. The hotel was 1K from there, and they finished, so they knew the climb very well. And a lot of teams would have been in that position where they knew this climb. I think that kind of showed. I know I was chatting to Hugh Carthy at the start. He knew the climb, and that's one of the reasons maybe he went early to try and try and make it difficult and set up Rigoberto. Because again, another chat. It wasn't a chat that was recorded. It was an off-the-record no. one. He said that they are really here for Rigoberto, and I think he tried to tee it up early, but. Roberto looked really, really good, but because there was steep sections and downhill and flat plateaus, it's a climb that if you go too early, you can get it wrong, but clearly really well-paced ride by Roglic. Yeah. Quintana looked the best he's ever looked, I think, well, for that, a long, long that time. that was a group on force and strength. Well, there was nothing lucky about the group that went no. away, was there? No. I mean, Iran was there, um, Fabio Aru, that was a bit seen for a long, long to, time. That's good to see. Yeah. That's good Nieve. to see. Nieve. Um, so it was, it, was, it, was, it was a brilliant group, but the one I took most pleasure in seeing, Nico Roach, yep. who we all know, lovely lad. Um, he's had a disappointing season, I think, by his own admission, but yeah. always rides well at the Welter. This is his tenth Welter, so um, and he, he wore the jersey a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, twenty, I think it was twenty thirteen. It was the year that Chris Horner ended up winning overall. But uh, Nico, um, yeah, pulled on the jersey for a few days there. Uh, he's won, he's won stages in this race when he's rode for Team Sky a couple of years has, ago. So yeah. It's happy hunting ground, isn't it? But I'm chuffed for him. And it was really funny. An interview we didn't actually show on the breakaway. I spoke to him at the finish. He crossed the line, second place. And was quite, oh, I finished second, I felt really good. And we didn't know whether he was leading overall, yeah. so we ended up telling him that he'd won overall. He looked so happy. It was really quite nice to be the, the person that gave him that news, but really chuffed for him. He looks, he looks, he looks very, yeah, very good, didn't great. he? And it was great to get him on the show afterwards. We would never have got the red jersey on if it hadn't been Nico, because, of course, he did part of the coverage in the Giro back in Feltham at Eurosport HQ, or what used to be Eurosport HQ. So, great day all round for them, really. But as you say, first two days of the World Tour, I think, the one for me now is obviously second on GC at two seconds, Nairo Quintana. You know, disappointing couple of years as a GC rider, but won that stage quite dominantly in the Tour this year. Come out the Tour in good condition and now is poised to win this Welter, I think, the next three weeks now. He's going to take a lot of heart. and a bit well, certainly on... decided the leadership battle at oh, Movistar. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, they're going to, and the, the thing that interests me is uh, Arkea Samzik going to be rubbing their hands. I mean, that the Arkea Samzik move, if anybody wonders what I'm talking about, pro-continental team, yeah. Warren Burgi's team, um, apparently it's gone to the, the board of directors to see if they're going to sign off the deal because it's going to be a pretty big money deal. But, um, Plus a few riders. I, I wonder if his price is still, because his price is going to be going up now. That's a really, a really interesting yeah, kind of proposition. Yeah. But Quintana has to be one of the favourites for this race. He's one of the few riders here that's won mm. it before as well. Mm. I won the Giro and, and the Vuelta. Of course, Aru's here too. But um, well, I think no. the GC battle has come to come from that first that group of six. I think you're right. Uran, Roach. Roach has finished sixth in the Giro before when he was back in the AG2R days. So I think that's your GC there. Maybe a couple of others come from behind for sure. Um, certainly Valverde will be to the fore. Um, what are they, 25, 30, 40 seconds down? Yeah, not finish? too far. I mean, there was a big group. There's a big group of about 40 riders that finished at a minute and a half. But as I say, disappointment for, for Walt Poles as well. I mean, he was the big yeah. GC hope for, for Team Ineos. Uh, but David de la Cruz is still in the mix. He's only a minute and a half down. So they're going to really have to kind of reconfigure the, the British team. And uh, hopefully... Adela Cruz can pull something out of the bag, but they're, they're going to be bitterly disappointed. And uh, just to reiterate, a chat to me and Stanard at the finish, and yeah. nobody realised how hard it was going to be today. I mean, oh, they, they knew it was going to be grippy, um, but I think the temperature is you know, over 30 degrees today. Chat to Ben King, you went Stage through one as well. eight you or nine know, when you've done a 13k team time trial and all the build up towards the team time trial yesterday. You really don't get sense first day back on your road bikes so after a few days reconning that course. You get back on your road bike today, you know, and to go up a climb of that severity on day one, having spent a few days on your time, and a big effort yesterday, 15 minutes of effort, back to a stage like this, it's, it's always difficult. And some guys are going to be good, some guys aren't going to have it. And um, 
Uh, Ineos would be bitterly disappointed tonight, wouldn't they? I, I think the interesting thing for me, and this is, this is why this race is, is always fascinating, so unpredictable, it's, it's a last chance saloon for a lot of guys, but the parkour, it, it, they just mix it up, don't they? But the, the teams that took up, when you look back at the start of that, the, the final climb, say, with 25Ks to go, Hugh Carthy took it up, make it difficult, a load of guys got dropped early on, and then it was Valverde, clearly... He was looking after Quintana, but yeah. Valverde squeezed it, split it over the top, took the mountains points. Then a little group went away just after that. Yeah. But uh, that's Luke Carthy's the one. I mean, you know, you think if he just rode sort of conservative, he might have been in that group at the top. Yeah, I mean, it's a funny way. He's never frightened to, to take it on. That's why we love him so much. Yeah, but when you think about, I mean, Hugh, I, I don't think it's game over at all for Hugh. Only a minute and a half down, but of course, he's, he's looking after Rigoberto around. But I think given the parkour, given given the type of terrain we've got I think there's plenty of opportunities and just look at the way that he chipped away at the GC back at the Giro 11th overall and on one stage lost 15 minutes but just kept chipping back the time yeah. I mean he'll, he'll be there yeah he'll, he'll, he'll definitely he'll be, he'll be fine he'll be yeah. fine and they'll be very very happy EF Education will be very happy yeah. with Rigoberto Aran and so will the Colombian contingent yeah. who are here today and tomorrow I think I think we're all saying it's going to be a bunch sprint he's still thinking Sam Bennett it's it's a couple of third cats, isn't it? It's grippy. When you look at it, it's nowhere near as hard as no. today, but it's rolling. It's going to be a grippy day, but I think, I mean, uh, there's not that many opportunities for the sprinters in this race. No. Um, I think a lot of people are going to have really tired legs. I think a break's going to go early, but do you know what? I don't know if it's going to be a day for the sprinters well, or not. I don't know. We but, keep saying this. I mean, it, it all depends how they race, and obviously somewhere we're going to try and control it. Yep. They'll want to keep that jersey for a long, as long as possible. They've had a disappointing year, haven't they? Lost Tom Dumoulin in the Giro, yep. and they've never really recovered from that, have they? Um, so Nico has said to us today he wants to hold for at least a couple of days yeah um, and you'd expect Quintana he's in poised position now they're not going to want to take the jersey so you can't imagine them challenging too no. much no. so you know it could be a day for the sprinters tomorrow but yeah I think it will and uh, as you say seen. with those limited opportunities there will be a few teams that maybe want to maybe want to try and take things up you're listening to the Bradley Wiggins show from Eurosport The wonderful thing about this podcast, Brad, is we got off on tangents. We went off on a big tangent um, about our expectations. We didn't life's answer that about question. Going off on tangents. We, I love a tangent. My, my life's a tangent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, our expectations. As your expectations change, clearly that the, the stage itself, we didn't know that was going to happen. Let's leave Europe. But Sorry, <laughs> go on. Carry on. <laughs> that was a tangent. Look what's happened. A, it was a big. Anyway, yes, we have essentially, mate. I and mean, we're whether you like it or not. You were saying, man. Yeah, I mean, our expectations haven't changed because Roglic was in the front group. Well. I still think I said yesterday that you know he's had a, a good break this summer, good set of training. He's a professional through and through, isn't he? He'd have learnt so much about himself in that Giro. Um, you know, he sort of dragged and clawed his way to the finish in Verona during the Giro to finish on the podium. That's two podiums now in two. Did he finish third in the Tour de France last year or fourth at least? He's certainly up there. He's podium, podium, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, no, no, he fell, just went off the podium, finished didn't he? Fourth, didn't he? Yes, yeah. so, he but did. he's had a good couple of runs now. GC. And I think this is his chance now to, to finally get a grand tour. Obviously, Quintana's the one um, who's going to challenge him, I think, the most. It'll come down to between those two. Um, but I do think Primoz, is, 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 this is his best opportunity to win. And he's got a great team this race as well with Krasvik. Uh, Robert Gessink's back, of course, yep. from his horrendous crash earlier in the yep. year. So, yeah, it's looking good. No, I, I think I'd echo that. I mean, Primoz, for me, that kind of d- today, although we've still got three weeks to go, don't forget that. I think he's come in, rode the Giro. I say disappointing. He was you know, on the podium in that race. I think his form earlier in the year said to me that it's, can he really maintain it? And, uh, and he dropped off, but he's now come into this race fresh. He's got the experience of being on the podium. You know, he's, he's very good over a week. And the type of climbs that he excels on, yeah. he has won before in the high mountains in the Tour de France a couple of years ago. The climbs he favours, he, he wins in races like Terreno, the short kind of 5, like 8K here. climbs. Like it was today. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's so he's on. Yeah. And also we've got 
the longest time trial any grand tour this year is in this race 36k is longer than the giro lo- yeah. longer than the tour and i think that's what it may come down to exactly him. and yeah. uh, and i think he's i think in 36k to be honest with you it'll take a minute and a half out of quintana absolutely uh, yeah. so quintana cannot rest and yeah. um i mean for me that and makes it more he didn't lose too much time to movistar yesterday yeah with that incident so yeah. i think they're they're there or thereabouts aren't they and uh you know, everyone's talking about the 40-second loss yesterday. Even your interview with Krausevic this morning, they were talking about 40 seconds, but he's already clawed most of that back on, on all those guys that gained that yesterday. Yeah, yeah, in, in one day. And uh, we've got... And this this wasn't even... Well, it was, three weeks left. We, we were looking... I was looking at the, at the race. I had the race manual. was looking through, and, and it's a very, 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 very spiky race manual. It's like a series of kind of alligator mouths. It really is brutal. Uh, but stages five, six, and seven... I did, we looked at this one, and we think... That's going to be maybe maybe one for Gilbert, maybe one for the sprinters. But we've already got proper GC battle. We've, just, we've got this so much more racing to come. I love and this it race. It normally is like that in the Volta. By the end of the first weekend, you will normally have the first shaker for the GC, and we've seen that already on day one, um, just with that one climb. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, talk, talk, talking about the Volta, we're here in Spain at the Volta. Of course, news we, we knew that Chris Froome had been promoted mm. to first place officially. He has now been given the red jersey. I like the way he had uh, to accept it. Yeah. Well, you said no. Uh, They've asked me. Yeah, I mean, you could have said no. Up. Yeah, they moved up from third to first. Balls Amazing. I don't want it. Then who would have won it? <laughs> I don't want another grand draw on me. No, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Molima. Bolka. Bolka Molima. His first. His, his, Bolka's. Bolka could have Bulka. won the race, said we Bulka's both Bolka's little it. video a few months back. He, he, he did a little Instagram video when he got awarded third, bumped up from fourth to third. He had champagne and all sorts. I love that little video. It says me yeah. first. It's probably his only Grand Tour podium. Yeah. yeah uh, but, uh, good old Bolka. But yeah, you're, I mean, Froome's got the jersey. Yeah. He kind of said, you know, it, it means a lot to him. I mean, he's won the twice, twice now. Twice, twice now. Yeah. And but, his seventh Grand Tour? Is that yes, right? indeed. Yeah. But my question Does that make him more successful than Contador? I'm trying to think now. Or oh, certainly, Contador had seven, didn't he? So I think they're now equal. I think they're now equal. Of, yeah. They are equal indeed. Generation. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I, Which is I, amazing, really. Seven Grand Tour wins. Well, and, and rightly so, because Kobo did kind of come out of nowhere in that race. And, um, went, and went, it went to Movistar and I, and pretty I, much I nowhere as well, whispers at the time and stuff, but, you know, rightly so, the deserved winner in Chris Froome, that's for sure. Well, I've got one question to you, Brad. You talked about the way that the Vuelta is ridden. You've, you've ridden it. You've been in the leader's jersey. How did riders cope with this kind of heat? I mean, I've ridden in the heat before, but this is consistent day in, day out, yeah. and the riders looked absolutely drained and exhausted. I mean, getting that amount of fuel on board and, and the amount of liquids on board must be so, so difficult. Well, I actually didn't find it that much of a problem because you train for the heat. We used to do a lot of heat acclimatisation work, and it's worse sitting around in the heat. Obviously, when you're moving along on the bike, you don't feel it as much. When you, fit, when you hit the climbs, it's like a cauldron, that's for sure, because obviously the speeds are a lot lower particularly on the steep ones because yep. you're doing 10, 12, 13k an hour. Um, but it's who deals with that the best. Nico Roach was saying today at the finish that he actually prefers this kind of heat. It's a, it's a more humid heat than the dry heat of July in France. Right, OK. Um, which tends to suit him more. I actually quite liked it. I quite enjoyed the heat um, once I was, when I was adapted to it and I'd trained, so basically just trained for the demands of the heat. And once you become heat acclimatised, it's not as bad. And it always feels worse in layman's terms, as a normal person sitting around in it. Um, obviously, you're reliant on your teammates because you can get as many bottles as you can off your teammates. Yeah. But within 10 minutes, they're warm. Yeah. As you know, on the bike you ride, don't when feel you get like a nice, being hydrated, do you? bottle of water, yeah. when they're warm, it's not pleasant to drink. No. So it's difficult. But the, the main thing around it is the minute you finish, you start hydrating through the night. So simple litre and a half, two litre bottles of water um, with sort of a third of that pineapple juice pineapple juice is full of natural antioxidants so we used to get through 12 litres of 
watered down pineapple juice right. um, between the end of the stage and the next day. Right. And you just they'd, we'd have a fridge full of them on the bus, big bottles, and you just take one and just sip on it as regularly as you could yep. on the way. Not in one go, because it won't Just little and often kind of thing. And all through the night till you went to bed. We wake up in the morning, um, you have to pee into a bottle, take that to the doctor's room, they test the pH in it. And that would they would have a scale then, and there was a competition amongst the team to see who could be the most hydrated, the most clear wee. <laughs> so that basically, was another competition really. And um, and if you were dehydrated, they say right, you need to start. Um, it's obviously every time you get up for breakfast night. So o'clock. if your wee was a colour of your shorts now, you'd be in trouble. You'd be like a well, Manson okay, Rouge. Okay, now we've got five hours to the stage starts. You need to start drinking now. Um, so that they were constantly monitoring it really, um, and you were aware of it, and it just becomes a second nature habit of just drinking, 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 and. Um, that was kind of how we handle it. So if you, the more hydrated you start the stage, the less you finish it. And yeah. Obviously, the knock-on effect over three weeks, if you weren't it's doing massive, that, isn't it? it's yeah. huge. Yeah. And that's what contributes to, you know, the performance, etc., etc. And we talk about marginal gains. That's a marginal gain. Yeah. I mean, I've got a quick anecdote, if you don't mind, about hydration and, and about uh, acclimatising. Got picked for the Commonwealth Games 98, Kuala Lumpur. I did, yeah. That's a right. human place. Yeah, I did as well. Oh, we were both did. there, Sorry, mate. Yeah. Yourself, Sorry, mate. I'm talking about me. That's all right. It's my anecdote. Yeah, but you were there as well. Sorry, I forgot that. <laughs> You were there there too, Matt. It was a long time ago. But I I did my own acclimatise. You know what I did? What did you do, Matt? Fill us in. I got in my garage with a tumble dryer, shut the door, and did double turbo sessions with the wet towels and the tumble dryer. So it it kind of replicated the humidity. humidity, So I had a shed, and I used to have uh, electric fans back at home. Yep. Um, And I'd get it up to 35, 36 degrees, and I'd also have a humidifier and try and get the humidity up to... 80% 80% humidity, something like that. And I'd do an, an, a start with 45 minutes, but you can only ride at 100 watts or something. You can't do any effort. You, and your heart, this big, massive heart rate flow as well, isn't it? It's about getting the sweat to bead on yeah. your skin. Yeah. Apparently, that's that. And once you know, it starts doing that, you, you don't lose salts then and you don't get dehydrated. And do you know who we were sponsored by in the Commonwealth Games? You'll probably remember, mate. Um, we, you talk about pineapple juice at Team Sky. Team England, Vimto was our sponsor. I had a purple Ronnie t shirt. Yes. I carried around. A little bottle of Vimto to hydrate, and we had our, our, our urine measured for colour as well. Fascinating times. Mm. Come I remember the little charts in the toilets when you went to, to the toilet. There was little yes, charts that said, a little, "Are you hydrated?" Indeed, with a sort of Richter scale of, of uh, yeah, it's like a, like a tea kind of um, like a tea chart, mm. like a you know, the colour of tea. But you used to sit but down we. to wee, didn't you? Matt? So <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't have seen the colour. I always used to sit down. I was all about comfort still for me, does. Brad. You used to hit in the village halls back in the sort of mid nineties. Matt, always sit, sit down, down for a wee. Let's go on the ladies, because there's never a kid. get it in the hole, could yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd always get it around the seat. The only place you can watch every minute of every stage of the 74th Welter Espana this August and September is live on Eurosport 1 and on demand on the Eurosport player. Catch all the action across the 21 stages and find out who will be crowned the King of Spain. Try it for yourself on the app or at eurosport.co.uk. Now, Brad, this is the first podcast we've done since the Tour de France. It's been lots of racing. It's been eventful and awfully. And sadly, there was a tragedy as well at the Tour of Poland. And young uh, Bjorg Lambrecht, 22 years of age from Lotto Sudal, sadly crashed and passed away in the race. Um, absolutely awful. Um, I mean, the race, uh, the stage that he, he, was, he was killed on, the following stage, they, they neutralised the race. Um, in, in respect to the young lad, but uh, you know, a real tragedy um, for Belgian, Belgian cycling and cycling as a whole. I mean, because yeah. we do tend to come together as a big family, but that, I think that's, that, this, that particular incident and p- the passing of Bjorg has really hit the peloton hard, hasn't it? It just puts things into perspective, doesn't it? And it's a sport we all love and we all do, 
and you realise just how fragile at times um, life is really um, and that could be anyone that could have been any one of us that, that go on a bike isn't it so our thoughts um, and condolences go out to all his friends and family and of course Lotto Sudal who will no doubt as well as all of us but of course, them will be still grieving in this race, won't they? Yeah, and there was there was actually a minute silence at the start of the stage, so this, the, the road stage. Um, all of the Lotto Sudal team were at the front, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, very very good of the of world organisers to to respect uh, to respect the memory of your Lambrick by having uh, that minute silence there. Absolutely. So. Now, perhaps difficult, but it happens from mourning the passing of your Lambrick to to a celebration and, and um, the, the amazing emergence over the last year or so of. Uh, of Remco Evenepoel is now been re- rewarded with an yeah. extension in his contract Five with years. the Koenig Quickstep. Yeah, I'm almost unprecedented, but what an absolute phenomenon Amazing. that rider is. Solo win in San Sebastian. Then a week later, the thing that confounded me and I think everybody else the most is winning the European yeah. TT Championships. He's on a flat circuit that suits the power rod. That would have suited you down to the ground. But he's 61 kilograms, an amazing prospect, isn't he? He is, and we spoke about him earlier in the year on the Bradley Wiggins show on the podcast because uh, at that time... Patrick Lefebvre was actually criticising him publicly That's for, right. for being fat. Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, amazing, really. And he's, is he 19, 20 years of age? He's 20 now, yeah. 20 years of age, and I believe only been cycling for less than two years. Is that right? Come, came from football. Um, um, uh, six, at 16, he was signed up to one of the big Belgian teams, Anderlecht. Um, but no, he's come to cycling and um, is an absolute amazing. phenomenon. I mean, he can, he can do it all, isn't he? You yeah. know, uh, and um, I... I, I I wonder what the figures were, without want to talk about money too much, but uh, I'd imagine that uh, Patrick Lefebvre has, has had to kind of stretch his purse strings a little bit because no. he is he's, he could be the new Eddie Merckx. <sighs> yeah, Bold I statement. mean, that gets touted around a lot, doesn't it? It does. But, uh, absolutely. Even the Belgians have been saying that. Uh, what I will say is he could be the next Belgian Grand Tour winner, which we haven't seen for a long time. Yeah. Um, and you'd, you'd have to say that that, you know, I'm sure, sure he will be um, at some point if he continues this rate of progression, but... Phenomenon. It just shows how much cycling's changed, doesn't it? For a Neo Pro to be ripped the contract up and basically start again with five years, and you know we not we can't speculate in terms of money and that, but you know gone are the days of working your way up the system. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think I think the important thing. I mean, uh, Patrick Lefebvre has really got an eye for talent. I mean, look at the way you know, he's nurtured and developed James Knox. You know, um, we haven't spoke, spoken too much about him in this race, but he's still up there, only a minute thirty down in the Vuelta. But but I think that Remco's clearly happy there. And his race program is it's relatively light. I think he's only ridden a couple of week-long tours. Uh, San, uh, San Louis back at the start of the year. Tour of Belgium, which he won overall. Uh, but I believe next year they're not even going to put him in a grand tour. And I think that's, that, to me, is a, is a good thing. That's a good thing, yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, I was about to say I'm amazed to not see him here, really. It would have been a natural thing to chuck him in at the Vuelta. But I think, you know, we have to f- not forget his age, really. And yeah. He has a progression to make, regardless of what he's already done. And I think it's a good thing that they're, they're, they're nurturing him now. And I think the five-year contract reflects that. Yeah, I think it's going to be. And actually, there's another rider in, in this field here at the Vuelta, uh, Tajet Pojikar, this young Slovenian, only 20 years of age, who's signed now, th- I think it's through to 2023 or 2024 with UAE Team Emirates. See, he won the, the Vuelta Algarve earlier in the year. Race, you, yeah. You've won in the past? Have you won the Algarve no, in the past? No, I got no? third. You got third? Yeah. And, and he also won Tour of California he overall. Did, yeah, that's right. So, uh, and he was in that second group today, so he's going to be a good ally, yeah. I think, for Fabio Ara watch out for that young lad they've started, again another very long term contract yeah yeah and they, there's um, that's that new generation now that we're looking to five six years time when the frooms of this world Valverde yeah. eventually does retire um, Quintana Grant Thomas of course yep that's, that's the ones we'll be looking at but 
throw into that Egan Bernal, who's just won his first tour, and he's only a year older than them guys. No, and then you've got Pavel Sivakov, 21 years yeah. of age, or 22, just turned 22, won the Tour of Poland uh, yeah. for Ineos as well, yeah. and a ninth overall on the Giro. There is, it's quite an exciting time, isn't it? It's really good to see, and these are all a great bunch of lads as well. But uh, very much so. And let's not forget Matthew Vanderpool. Oh blimey! Yeah. And of course, Team Wiggins' very own Tom Pidcock, who will eventually turn professional. Indeed. Who has. One mountain stage at Grand Tour d'Alsace this year. We won a stage in the Tour de Lavenir recently. He was in the green jersey. Champion crashed out, wouldn't he? Yeah. Espoir cyclocross, some phenomenal talent. On that point, though, Brad. I mean, Tom Pidcock been riding for the Wiggins Lacole team. Um, sadly, the Wiggins Lacole team, after five years of being in the mm. sport, and you've, you've nurtured some absolute cracking talent. Yeah. Lots of riders have moved on to world tour, uh, world tour level. Um, it's a sad, it's sad, sad time. And there was a tweet earlier on from Axel Merckx saying that, uh, you know, um, chapeau to the team. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a sad loss to the sport. But um, just talk, talk us through a, a little bit about the team and how, how much it's meant to you. But, you know, everything comes to an end. And it's very yeah. hard to get kind of sponsorship money these, these days it as is, well. It is, but it, it was a natural conclusion as well because it's become a fight every year and we wanted to, always wanted to end it on a high. You know, we didn't want to get sort of shafted out in the sport. So uh, it started as to facilitate our ambitions of winning the Team Pursuit title in Rio, which it did. Yep. We got all the boys on board. Yeah, you were riding Ed. for them the first yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but we've had some great results over the year, and it, the legacy thing came more important when I stopped. Then, in terms of, you know, let's let's try and get as many guys into the professional ranks through this system, which we did. And uh, obviously, the last one to go this year will be, of course, um, what well, remains to be seen what happens with Tom Pidcock. But um, Gabs Cullock, who was yeah. actually beyond the Espoir years, left the team. We took him back in December yeah. um, to give him that last opportunity. So he rode all the races, which is it's an under twenty three team, but he was our only rider above twenty three, and he rode all the races that weren't under 23 and he's managed to salvage himself a contract he was ready to walk away from the sport and get a proper job and he signed for Movistar for two years so it just seemed like a natural ending to the team on that point um, as well as other things I'm doing in my career and and to take it to the next level or take it up a bit we would have been need a lot more infrastructure a lot more finance you know a lot more staff and um, it becomes more and more difficult each year within cycling but you must look back with you know, a lot of fun. Because I remember you saying, after all the, you know, the immense success, we don't need to list off your successes, but to there to give a little bit back. And five years, half a decade of commitment, of investment, and to see this new talent come through, that must mean a hell of a lot to you. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's all about those guys, really, and, and, and the motivation they have. How elite the sport is now, it's filtered down the, the seriousness at the bottom end because everyone thinks they can become a Simon Yates, a Geraint Thomas, you know, a Hugh Carthy, yep. a Teo Gegenhart, you know, and, and, which is brilliant. Um, so to give these guys a platform, um, bikes, equipment, support, and put the, op- the, the, the responsibility on them to motivate themselves, which they do, and go out there and enjoy yourselves and get a contract, they did that. And we had so many come through that, that system. Scott Davies, of course. Yep. Orion Dool. I mean, there's James Knox. I mean, there's so many. And um, it's been a, a great five years that will always reflect on my fun time, fun memories. Listeners, it's time to tell you a bit more about our sponsor, Lacquer. Lacquer is a smarter way of insuring your bike and your gear. It's a community of cyclists joining together to save each other money. Lacquer covers all the basics like theft and accidental loss and damage, both at home and abroad. It'll also cover you in sportives and competition races, so long as you're not riding in the pro peloton. How does Lacquer work, you ask? Well, instead of charging you a fixed premium, with Lacquer you only pay a small share of the community's claims cost, and your share is proportionate to how much you insure. Lacquer locks in a maximum price cap to make sure there are no nasty surprises, even in months with lots of claims amongst the community. And when there are no claims that month, you could even pay nothing at all. Rest assured, claims are accepted fast, usually within 24 hours. 
On average, Lacker's members have saved 61% on bike insurance. So why don't you investigate the benefits for yourself? Find out more at lacker.co.uk and enter the promo code WIGGINS to get £10 off. That's laka.co.uk and the promo code WIGGINS. So another bit of news this week, obviously the, the announcement, the official announcement, Marcel Kittel has retired from the sport of cycling. Um, he's been a phenomenal rider over the last however many decade, maybe, since he broke into the sport with, at that time, I think it was before Giant, whichever, whatever they were. Skill Shimano. Skill Shimano yeah, at that yeah. some point. But Marcel, um, really in a time after the devastation in Germany of German cycling, they lost the Tour of Germany after the whole T-Mobile kind of saga with Ulrich, Sinkovitz, all those guys, you know, German cycling really was at the pits. And, and Marcel kind of rejuvenated hope and a bit of pride back into German cycling. And I think he's been, he's, I said on the TV yesterday, he's actually been, he's been bigger than the sport of cycling in Germany for, for, yeah. for, for bringing it cycling back into the hearts of yeah. the German spectators. Well, he's got it all, isn't he? He's got, I mean, let's be honest, he's got the looks as well. He's just, he's a poster boy for German, for German cycling, for yeah, world cycling absolutely. at the time. And, um, you know, and um, he's the first rider really, when you think back, that gave Mark Cavendish let Mark a run for his money. Well, it's funny you say would, that. Would, yeah, no, I was just thinking. You know, that. I remember Mark like, saying to me back whenever it like, was. Oh my God, who's this guy? <laughs> when Mark was winning for fun. Yeah. And he got this guy come along and basically beat him and said, "He, I think it was at that point Mark realised I've got to start re-looking at this <laughs> yeah. now." And went back to the drawing board, came back stronger, and of course yeah. won many stages in the tour after that. But that's quite that's more of a mark of of how good Kittle was. Is that? He made probably the greatest sprinter that's ever lived rethink yeah. how he's going to approach this now. It was like Ivan Drago coming in and beating Rocky, wasn't it? Absolutely. And he looked like Ivan Drago as well. But uh, let's yeah. have a he's little a look. I mean, he's a handsome, he's a handsome lad, let's Union. be honest with you. Yeah, his, his results speak for themselves. Uh, and I'm going to read them Go off on, my Matt. phone, let's, actually. Pro Cycling Stats app, because I can't remember all, these, you know all this stuff. You just told me him before when we were a little bit off air. Yeah, nuts. I didn't realise how many stages he won in the yeah. Tour. Tell us, 14, remind us. 14. 14 stages in the Tour, five editions of the Shelter Priest, the Sprinters Classic, uh, two editions of the Dubai Tour, uh, four, thank you very much indeed, mate, uh, four stages of the Giro, five stages of the Tour of Poland, eight stages of the Dubai Tour. I, I could go on because Carry the on, podcast mate. isn't long enough. It's, I'm scrolling and my phone's running out of charge. That's how much any, many bike yeah, races no, but, that I lad mean, won. Yeah, and we are obviously all here at the Bradley Wiggins Show. Wish him all the best for whatever he does in the future. He was at the Tour de France as part of German TV. Yep. Which so there may be a career for him there. Yeah. We might get him on the podcast one day, Matt. Well, I think we will. He speaks good English, especially after well, listening to this. Oh, he's per- a better yeah. English than me. So, which, which is, is a bit really worrying. Good. I mean, yeah. So, Marcel, if you're listening, I know you listen to the show. I'm sure we all wish you the world in the future. Well, whatever you do, and as long as you're happy, mate. Good luck. That, I'm just going to pick up that point. It's about happiness, mate, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. This is. I read all that success out. It's not quite as easy. This, the sport of elite sport, cycling, Brutal. it's the hardest sport in the world, I think, yeah. or you think. Behind the scenes, to be at that level, as you know, Brad, to be at that elite level winning bike race, especially as a sprinter when it's about winning, the pressure is absolutely immense. And, and not everybody can kind of cope with that. And, when and we Marcel's at, a winner. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know? when, when we look at the Bjorg Lambrechts, uh, the orphan is a Bjorg Lambrecht, what it, what it does, life is more important than riding a bike. We, I, I, you know, we all, we all love riding our bikes, mate, but... Mm. But life's more important than happiness, relationships, family are more yeah. important, aren't and, they? And I think Marcel either has recently become or is about to is, become a father. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just, you know, that puts things into perspective. Definitely. Um, and when he's won the Heimer races, he's won. What else is there left to do? Which almost go. puts, I always think, Mark got a lovely wife and children. Mark Cavendish, the, his achievements more into perspective. What yeah. he's sacrificed and what he's achieved already let alone what he wants to continue to try and achieve exactly even greater definitely you're listening to the Bradley Wiggins show from Eurosport 
We always like to get an Ask Brad in. This week, asking the question is one of the greatest time trialists in Canadian cycling history, Eric Wahlberg. Brad, I loved your commentary during the tour. It was hilarious. Uh, what's it going to take to roll out the outtakes? Eric, thanks for that question. Absolute legend, money, Eric Wahlberg. Indeed, yeah. yeah did, it, some... did it ride for 7-Eleven, or do we need to do this bit again? <laughs> do that. Let's just say he did. Let's just say he did. He rode for some teams, and he's uh, a blimmin' good yeah, bike rider. Um, Eric, yeah, rushes. I mean, well, outtakes, obviously Eurosport, the home of cycling, will have all the rushes. I, yeah. We're going to have to try and maybe for a Christmas bumper issue, we'll get them to Dig some release out. all the rushes. I bet they'll probably get some the VHS outtakes. tapes. But we've got some great podcast outtakes, haven't we, Matt? Most of them are unairable. No, no, it's a family show. It's a family show, but we never offend anybody. It's not a political show either, is it, Matt? No. Well, Brad, thanks for, thanks for listening. Hold on a minute. Do you know what? I've just seen somebody can, coming down the street. Which, which must mean... It's, it can be only, it can be only, can only one, one segment. Thing. Day of the day. Oh, my goodness. And our star had just turned 100 yards away. It's Jakob Volkswagen, the day who won the day. Crashed in the Tour of Hi, guys. How are you doing? Oh, really happy to be on, Brad. It's lovely to see you, Jakob. Yeah. I mean, my, my scars have healed now from the Tour of France. Yeah, I mean, that was tough, tough, tough. My tough has tough. scars have healed now from the Tour of France. So, yeah, I mean, you're a good team time trial. I know you had a chat with, with me. Amazing. Which was, how, how, how Amazing. did you go for you? How, how the, what were the start of the questions? I was so strong. I was so strong yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a great time. Great time. But look, really happy to be back in the Volta. Really happy. Really happy. Really happy. What was it like? <laughs> hey, <laughs> we're, we're in the mountains jersey today. Mm. It's like uh, strike it lucky. Strike it lucky. Remember? Michael Barrymore we always used to watch that in Denmark on uh, Danish TV but it had subtitles subtitles uh, uh, yeah. top middle button used to love top middle button that's when it feels like the Vuelta you go zero two Vuelta top middle button I went to the button oh Jakob I'm here now very Jakob. happy I got going now for massage yeah Jakob thanks very much oh, good luck in the next few days trying try to cut the thing back yeah cheers oh Jakob he's off he's off on his bike Jakob oh bro- uh, Brad yeah Jakob what a guy Jakob Volksang top fella I couldn't um, believe it walking down the street yeah, while doing our pod yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, it's that lad. Dauphiné, of course, crashed in the tour this year. Yeah. Great to see him back at the Vuelta. Oh, As he said, top middle of bottom, Vuelta is the bottom. Bang. Indeed. He's here. And that wraps up another week at the Bradley Wiggins Show. <laughs> it does. We'll what, be back next week. What an addition. Although, Matt, you're not going to be here next week. Well, I'll be here, but I'm you'll London be somewhere based. else. But then we'll do, we'll do another one the week after. We'll do another one. But if you need me, just call me. How are we going to do Dane of the Day, though? We'll have to do that over Skype. We could do a Skype version of Dane of the Day. we we'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, everyone. Remember to subscribe. That's it for this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Thanks to our sponsor, Lacquer, bicycle insurance powered by the community. We'll be back with Brad in the studio next week. In the meantime, Eurosport 1 and Eurosport Player is where you can watch the best of the action live from the Vuelta. Until then, you can stay up to date with Brad on social media at Sir Wiggo. Matt Stevens, The Real Thing, is on at Real Stevens. You can follow Eurosport on Twitter and Instagram at Eurosport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Facebook. Finally, from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, share your thoughts and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Adios. We'll see you next week. The Bradley Wiggins Show is a Muddy Knees Media production for Eurosport. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.